Welcome to the Outsmarts podcast. My name is Vary Petrovic. I'm here today with James Wells of BCIT. He's the commercialisation officer here. And um, we're going to be talking about a number of things, including peer-to-peer financing and some of the work that James does on social media. Um, but first of all, James, welcome. Thanks for joining me thanks, today. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. A first uh, podcast for myself. Brilliant. First is always good. Um, yeah. James, tell me, what do you do? I am a commercialization officer at BCIT, and basically we take academic innovations and transfer them to industry partners. Okay. Because uh, at BCIT there's lots of research, and that research results in potentially commercially viable innovations. But because we're a school, we don't manufacture or sell that, we link up with partners. Right. So lots of uh, commercial evaluation and licensing. Okay, so there's a lot of networking, bringing people together, um, facilitating relationships in what you do. Exactly. Perfect. Do you um, do you use social media extensively to do that? How how do you network? I I do. It's it's a huge part actually because we have innovations in alternative energy, in IT, in automation and electronics, in, in medical devices, and it's literally impossible to have an established network in all of those fields just from uh, meeting people on the ground. Right. And so my, my boss and, and mentor has really coached me to use LinkedIn. And this is you know, an amazing tool where I can go and touch uh, many people in many different industries. And to give you an example, um, we had one technology where we had to get in front of a certain number of companies in one industry. And just by using LinkedIn, I had it in front of you know, decision makers in less than three or four days. Perfect. It, yeah. It's incredible. Uh, things are really changing. I'm sure, you know, yeah. five or ten years ago, that would have taken you probably months, a lot of phone calls, a lot of legwork to do that, and now by using LinkedIn. It just bypasses it all. Right. Yeah, yeah. And th- there is some traditional networking as well, but it's definitely a, a complement to the whole, whole strategy. Right. Perfect. No, we, we live in great times. I love the, the technology and the social media stuff that, yeah. that's open to us. Yeah. Now, another thing, and a I wanted to, to talk to you about. I know that you founded a peer-to-peer financing company. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what peer-to-peer financing is. Can you tell me a wee bit about that and how that came about? Sure. Yeah, it was about two years ago. Uh, there was something launched in in the UK called peer-to-peer lending, and it was by a company called Zofa.com. And later in that year, uh, a company named Prosper.com launched something similar in the US. And we had the idea to, to bring this phenomenon to Canada. And basically, peer-to-peer lending was a we- is a website that connects people, uh, lenders and borrowers together. And by cutting up the bank, both lenders and borrowers get a better rate. Right. So to give you an example, um, typically you go to the bank, you deposit your money, you get 3%. That bank takes that money, lends it out on credit cards at 18%. Now that's an extreme example, but what if you could connect the lender and the borrower together. So the lender would say get 10% on his money, a phenomenal rate of return, yeah. and the borrower would be happy to get 10% um, instead of paying 18% on, on the credit card. Now, lots of risk involved, you know, lending money over the internet. I mean, that's, that's crazy, right? So the infrastructure we would provide would do a background check, an ID verification, and a credit score check. So now you, you understood that this person was actually a real person. But once you take the bank away, risk still goes up to the lender. So another way to mitigate that risk was through diversification. 
So let's say if I wanted $10,000, I would get $100 from one lender, another 100 from another. So the lender actually would diversify um, their portfolio over many borrowers. And uh, depending on the, the credit score of the, of the borrower, their rate of return would vary. So if I had great credit, you know I would offer 4 or 5%. Okay. If I was a little risky, um, you get rewarded for that return, but it could be false. Now the power of this, is, and, and what we were trying to achieve, is to introduce social networking as a way of bringing people together. For example, I don't know uh, that people on my Facebook page are borrowing money. Um, probably can't now because of the economic... Uh, yeah, I know, eh? Nobody wants to deal with banks. They're too risky these days. Exactly. <laughs> so, so maybe this is a, a time for this. Um, but basically, what it would allow to do is, is allow uh, myself to understand people in my network that could give me money or I could give them money. Mm -hmm. And actually, there, very shortly after we closed, there, there was a Facebook application open to this, this very concept right. of peer-to-peer -peer lending. Yeah. It closed, what were the problems, what yeah. were the issues that caused it? Yeah, in, um, it took, uh, our whole business operation was about 14 months and we raised capital. What we didn't understand was the tremendous amount of regulation around the specific, right. the specifics of lending and borrowing money. And uh, we certainly weren't the first, uh, there was about three or four other companies in Canada and I believe two of them have been brought down by right. some of the regulatory uh, bodies. And basically, there's one still going, and we have I have big hopes for them. And basically, it's a battle of, of attrition. Right. I mean, when they first got going, they were supposed to launch in 2000, late 2006, and that was certainly our goal. And they still haven't launched yet because right. of, of the amount of uh, I guess regulatory right. hurdles. And so they're still working through all of the legal issues and all yeah. of the hoops that they need to jump through to make sure that, in Canada, I take it we have more regulations that make it harder. You mentioned a couple of companies, peer-to-peer lending companies in the States and yeah. in the UK. I guess we have more restrictions on that that make Ab it harder to... Absolutely. Just with this credit crunch, there is a survey announced that Canada has the number one banking or has the most uh, regulations out of any other nation. Right. And the US is, is 40. So, or is ranked 40th. Do you think that makes it um, better for our economy? Do you think we're going to weather the economy better as a result? Do you think our banks are at less risk than some of the banks in Britain that are having to be bailed out by the government? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Harper certainly thinks so. Um, our banks are, are very strong. I've, I've noticed they have good balance sheets. Um, they, they seem to be healthy, but uh, I think... You know, with commodities going down, we're a very commodity-based uh, country. I don't know. Right. I, I don't think I can comment. <laughs> yes. I guess the challenge for peer-to-peer -peer lending, especially if you're incorporating social networking, mm -hmm. is um, it's a very delicate thing. People typically don't want to publicly talk about financial Absolutely. issues, yeah. and yet that is a juxtaposition to the whole concept of social networking where people are more transparent and willing to share. Yeah. Can you maybe address that? Yeah, I mean, who really wants their friends to know that they're in, in debt with credit cards, with loans, with all that stuff? Exactly. But it's interesting that people will open up to, to strangers. Mm -hmm. And one of the phenomenons we, walk, we, we noticed in the U.S. company, Prosper.com, is the more information people would put up about themselves and their financial situation, the more trustworthy they were. 
So for example, people would list their budget of how much they spend on money. Um, you could do background checks on, on their pay stubs. And I, the more transparency seemed to lead to more successful loan matching. Right. So there was an incentive for people to be upfront. I guess, Prospera, I haven't looked at it, but I, I'm assuming that you would have to, it's behind a firewall, it's not just open to anybody out there that's looking at your financial information. Yeah, and, and they have a secure line to a lot of the credit credit bureaus that manage this information. Right. Because it's very hard to get anyone's credit score. Mm -hmm. And so they, they, I mean, they were pioneers in, in actually allowing that number to be exposed on the internet. Right. And they actually can't give the direct number. They give it their own score and do it different factors. Right. Um, well, that's very easy. Fascinating. Yeah. I've learned something today. I didn't, right. know, didn't know anything about any of this kind of stuff. Um, you have recently branched out into comedy. Stand-up comedy, yeah. How did, you, how did you get into that? I, uh, it actually started with this peer-to-peer -peer lending company because I was responsible for, for raising the capital and being sort of the public face for this. And so I needed to work on my public speaking skills, so I joined Postmasters. And after some success with that, uh, I realized the next challenge for public speaking is stand-up comedy. And it, it's, it's quite scary, and I'm still learning. But it's, uh, it's a phenomenal exercise in, uh, in confidence and in public speaking. Right. It yeah. must be, because you're really putting yourself out there, and I'm sure there's some hecklers in the crowd. Where, where yeah. do you typically go out and, and, and strut your stuff? <laughs> yeah. First of all, just to address that, the, the heckler comment, there's not a lot of hecklers, but to fail publicly is, is quite an experience, and, and someone, something I think everyone should should go through or at least try. Uh, Yuck Yucks Comedy Club is very popular. They have something called a crash and burn night uh, for amateur comics to go out and, and try their, their stuff. Uh, but as of late, it's got some new management and they're, they're actually tampering down on time. So I'll try cafes around right. Vancouver. And that is a challenge where people are, are somewhat half interested in what you're, you're trying to say. And that's really where you earn your stripes. Right. Yeah, you really get to yeah. learn. Think now. Do you have a, a routine that's pre that you really think about in advance? How how does how does that work? Yeah, stand up comedy is actually quite well choreographed. I mean, it comes uh, across as off the cusp, but uh, yeah, I have sort of a set list, and you know, certain jokes I'll put before and after other jokes. And what you want to do is because you know, the whole idea is to develop lots of material. So I'll. I'll have a joke that has worked before, and then I'll put in a new one, and then an old joke after that. Right. Do yeah. you, um, it must be real character building to get up there in front of people and, and fail, as you say, but it also yeah. must be brilliant when you get up there and the crowd relates to you and you've got them laughing. It might yeah. be quite fulfilling for it, you when it, that happens. Absolutely. I mean, Yuck Yucks has a room of about 250 people, and of course you can't see them because they have the spotlight that blinds you, but you can feel their, their eyes on you and once you get that first joke and that tension goes away and, and everyone laughs and really you're you're befriending the audience it's quite a uh, yeah it's quite a sigh of relief but of course if that first joke doesn't catch I mean the the, the tension is, is awesome just it's so in your face some yeah. people wouldn't be able to do that. I mean, I think it's brilliant that, you, that you're willing to put yourself yeah. in that position and yeah. um, some people just can't deal with failure or, or yeah. that kind of stress, really. Yeah, but I mean, the, the risk is, is very little. I mean, people aren't going to 
I, I mean, people do admire, right? So if you do yeah. fail, I mean, what have you lost? Yeah. Some time and I find that yeah. I, yeah. a lot of people will come to me and they'll say, oh my goodness, you're blogging or you're podcasting. How do you have the nerve to do that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was very much of the feeling that I'm going to do it. I'm going to put my stuff, stuff out there. I'm going to, it's a risk. It's the same totally. kind of risk that you're taking. Totally. And yet I have found the same response. People respect the fact that I'm willing to try these things I'm putting out there. Yeah. I know that on occasion my blog, some of my blog posts aren't as great as they could be because yeah, yeah. I've had a bad day or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I've very rarely had any, any negative comments from people other than, That's well, awesome. good for you, you're getting out there, you're using this technology. And I think from my perspective, it's very important because I'm telling clients that they should be doing this. Yeah. It's important that I've been doing it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you use social networking at all to spread your... your Word about your, your comedy stuff that you're doing? For comedy, I uh, specifically do not. However, a lot of my peers and comedians, they use Facebook exclusively. Right. Um, in, and they'll, they'll acquire fans and they'll tell them where their next set is. Uh, I, I don't think I, I have that fan base yet. Not quite there yet, but uh, working towards it. Yeah, working towards I mean, I have about six or seven minutes of material. Right. Once I get to ten, you know, you're considered <laughs> to have a Big fan time. Base. Big time, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, but it's uh, it's huge on Facebook. Right. Everyone uses it. Yeah. Brilliant. So Facebook yeah. would be, if I had a comedian come to me saying, oh, I want to promote this, Facebook is the one, not MySpace? I would say Facebook almost exclusively. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I've seen a few MySpace pages on some of the older accounts. Right. But all the groups I'm linked into, no pun intended, is, uh, is Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's funny because I know that MySpace, I traditionally associate my, MySpace with the arts. I guess it's becoming more a niche for music. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Like my roommate has a band and he, his group, actually he's got groups on both. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put you totally on the spot here. Do you want to tell us a joke? Uh, and can you? Everyone <laughs> asks me that. And, and the problem is, it's actually easier to deliver a joke in front of many people than a single a single person because laughing is, is contagious and atmosphere has right. has a lot to do. Um, I'm going to entice your listeners to come out and 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 hear me. Uh, a lot of my humor. I'm I'm six eight, and uh, growing up being very tall and uncoordinated was was very awkward, and uh, I would pass out in classes like sex ed and and math and. <laughs> And I just sort of tell stories about that, that whole experience. Right. Yeah. I guess yeah. the ear was too thin up there for you, was that it? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you know what, that, that's what I say, but uh, of course other people say, no, 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 it's because you know, you've never had experiences with uh, the opposite sex. Right. So, like <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of it's just personal stuff that, I mean, real life is so funny if, right. you, can, if you can capture it. If you can draw on your own experiences, it makes it much more real. Exactly. And if you can have a sense of humour about yourself. Yeah. A lot of people don't. Their egos are way too big. They've got too high an opinion of yourself themselves. Um, yeah. But if you can turn that around and you can see the funny side, that's probably the best material for some of oh, my UAs. It, it's awesome. And even this office stuff is, right. is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It's good. You need to, it pro probably puts you on your toes because you're more aware of the things that are happening around you and yeah. watching for, oh, that, that's quite funny. I can use that in my... 
exactly. like that. Exactly. And, and some of the great comedians, I mean, they're hypersensitive to their environment. Right. And, uh, and now I carry a, a journal to, to log notes about comedy, um, business ideas, right. um, venture ideas, all that stuff. Yeah, so it, it has permeated yeah. through. Yeah. Keep it all logged. What yeah. comedians do you like particularly? Who do you aspire to be? Yeah, there, there's a lot of, like, there's, there's Jim Carrey, who's more of a physical mm -hmm. comedian. Um, Bill Cosby is, is more of a storytelling comedian, and I think that's more conducive to, to my style. I mean, I, I can't do the thing that Jim Carrey does. I, I'm not that, that guy who will shift into a thousand different characters and voices. And a lot of people think that's what they have to do to do stand-up comedy. But, I mean, if you can tell a story with, with good pause and good punchline, um, you can do that. So, so definitely Bill Cosby is right. huge. Perfect. And he's sort of the guru. He is. Uh, he really, really yeah. is. Um, I've really enjoyed talking to you today. I have one last question. I'm sure. going to kind of put you on the spot here again. Okay. It's not, I don't want another joke. You okay. weren't able to tell me one the first time around. <laughs> what books, TV shows, websites are you enjoying right now? Is there anything in particular that that you're watching that you, that you like, that you want to share with our audience? Yeah, I mean, usually I don't follow the economy as, as, I, as I'm doing now. Um, one of my latest uh, in initiatives is around micro-franchising, which is a whole new <laughs> podcast. Okay, yes, quickly encapsulate uh, uh, that for me. Okay, uh, micro-franchising is essentially the next step to micro-franchising. Micro-franchising, uh, micro-financing, sorry, has been a phenomenal poverty development tool, uh, but there are problems. And so the next solution is to help these people with, uh, with business in a box, essentially. Okay, um, so, so people in Canada who maybe have brilliant ideas but don't have any income, to help them find the financing that they would need to it, build their business or implement their ideas? Yeah, the systems right. to develop their business. Okay. Yeah, so that's really taking me in. Um, so a lot of blogs on that uh, and a lot of books on that. And that's basically taken up my life the last few years. Any specific ones? Um, the uh, Banker to the Poor, Mohammed Yunus, is, is a very good one. Banker uh, to the Poor? Banker to the Poor, yeah. And, that, and, and again, that was a, a core motivation for us to do this social financing in, in Canada. Right. And, and that was sort of the pioneering work of microfinancing, this idea of doing loans between, um, actually that was between uh, institutions and people. But mm -hmm. Uh, similar to Kiva, right? Kiva, yeah, okay. but just uh, on a local level. Hmm. Uh, you got me. I got you. You got me. Yeah. Um, obviously, the peer-to-peer, -peer, the whole finance and stuff. Even although your company, your first iteration of the company yep. wasn't successful, it's not something that you've given up on. It's something that you've still in mind that you you like as a yeah. as a concept and something that you see benefiting people and. It's not going away for you. No, I've learned uh, to do anything. You, you have to fail to, to really learn, and, and that was uh, my first venture. And uh, you know, we lost money, we lost time, um, but but found you know amazing experiences and insights. And so I hope that knowledge and experience will help me with, with the next venture. That probably will, and good for you. Yeah. Well done. James, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Okay, you as well. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Outsmarts podcast. 
My name is Vadi Petrovic from Outsmarts Internet Marketing Company. Please feel free to connect with us on Facebook, MySpace, Twitter or LinkedIn or wherever you find us on the internet. Our next podcast upcoming is going to be with Louise Desmarais. She is from Mud Creative Inc. And she's going to be talking about how you should go about writing effective copy for your website. Copy that is going to be attractive to the search engines. So I'm looking forward to learning more about that soon. Join us again and in the meantime, take care.